0: You'll never guess what happened. Marge. Are you ready? I have a feeling that we may win the lottery, but we never, I know you're excited, but calm down and listen to me carefully. Go get all your money. Welcome to the 113th episode of egg timer philosophy, a podcast where philosophical ideas are scrambled up in about 10 minutes. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and today a look at the topic of expected value or utility through the lens of the lottery. Just about everyone uses the idea of expected value to make decisions on a daily basis. It's almost always the bread and butter of our decision making. We start with some end or goal in mind. We then weigh options, trying to achieve these assign values to those options and then try to maximize the results we receive. This can be a difficult process, and often not a consistent one. On Monday, my end or goal might be sleeping in as much as possible, so I can find a lot of expected value in eating the quickest breakfast possible before getting to work, giving me more time to sleep. But on Tuesday, I might have the goal of better health, so I wake up early to make a healthier breakfast. And we can only assess the calculations and decisions people make as being in line with expected value after the ender goal is set. And oftentimes, it's really tough to know which course of action will yield the greatest expected value because people often have very limited evidence to make such calculations. Say your ender goal is obtaining the highest possible score on an exam, and you have a choice to study alone or to go to a study group the night before the exam. In that case, can be very tough to figure out what values to assign to each choice. You want to do what maximizes your expected value, but figuring out what that is is often not an easy thing to do. To keep things simple with what can be a complex topic, let's assume that a person has an end or goal of maximizing a financial investment. They have a bunch of money, and they want to grow this money as much as possible. They want their return on investment to be as high as possible. Obviously, this isn't a far-fetched scenario, and it's one that helps to think about the idea of expected value in in a fairly clear set of parameters. Here, instead of thinking about stocks and bonds, let's consider the lottery. Now, there's a lottery in the United States called Mega Millions, and it's offered in 45 states, as well as the District of Columbia and the U.S. Virgin Islands. But the lottery isn't a unique piece of United States culture. Some form of it exists in over 100 100 countries. Now, over this past summer, the top lottery prize for Mega Millions grew to over a billion dollars. When someone finally hit the winning numbers, the jackpot was roughly $1.3 billion for the annual pay option and over $800 million for the one-time lump-sum payout. The cost of a Mega Millions ticket is $2. Now, personally, I'm not much of a lottery player. The expected value or utility for, for the cost of a ticket never struck me as offering positive expected value. The second that the dollar or two leaves my hand for the ticket, its real value is worth quite a bit less, the value of the ticket. So if my goal is financial, and that seems to be a fair assumption if lottery tickets are involved typically, it would just be better to keep the dollar or two than get a ticket worth less than that. It's basically the same type of reason many people give for why buying a brand new car is often not a great idea. Now, the car market is really weird right now in the United States, but the traditional wisdom was that the car, the brand new car, lost a lot of its value once it's driven off the lot. So buying the brand new car is not a great financial decision in terms of expected value. The economists would likely say here that buying the lottery ticket is irrational because the goal is presumably financial and your ticket now has a negative expected value. You're taking a course of action that works against your own goals, and that's irrational. But all that will depend upon what the math says about the expected value from buying the $2 ticket. So what are the odds of a ticket winning the highest jackpot in Mega Million? They're roughly 1 in 302 million. So with the $2 ticket, things start to get interesting around the 600 million jackpot level. That's the spot where the lottery begins to look like it could start to offer positive expected value on the investment or gamble. Now, there are complications. For example, the headline lottery jackpot number pays out over many years, and with inflation, that can change the calculations about expected value. But in the case over the summer, the massive jackpot one-time lump sum payout exceeded $800 million well over the 600 million threshold where expected value from the lottery ticket starts to look like it might turn positive another financial consideration or complication here is taxes that would also reduce the payout and change the expected value of the lottery ticket but on the positive side there are smaller jackpots along with the massive jackpot that would increase the expected value of the ticket with all that said was buying a Mega Millions ticket really something that offered a person positive expected value and maybe even a substantial one in the specific case? My answer here would be maybe it would depend on the exact calculations of things like taxes and all the value of smaller jackpots. That could also be one with the ticket. But regardless of the actual Mega Millions case from over the summer, pretty obvious that we can easily imagine a lottery that would offer substantial expected value from the purchase of a ticket. Just imagine the jackpot going high enough and you'll get there through the math. So say we have a case where the expected value of a $2 lottery ticket is actually, after everything's considered, $3. I don't think that was the case I've been talking about over the summer, but no doubt it could happen. That would be an amazing return on investment. It's a 50% return paid within a month by a source virtually guaranteed to pay. It would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to find any other legitimate investment or gamble with this type of expected value anywhere in the world under any conditions. We get a bit of a conundrum here. If a rational person in the context of financial decision-making comes upon this lottery, Shouldn't they spend every cent they have on it, their entire life savings? They have no better options in terms of expected value, after all. All other options would have a lower expected value and hence not be rational in the face of the expected value offered by the lottery. One response here is just to say, yep, in such a case, a person should buy every lottery ticket that they can locate with any funds that they can secure. So the thought goes, that's the right decision, given expected value, and if our decisions should always be guided by expected value, there is no other rational option. But almost no one, including myself, thinks that would be good advice. It seems absurd to spend your life savings on lottery tickets, and that seems true even if the expected value from buying the tickets is extremely favorable. So why the nearly universal rejection of spending great sums on the lottery, even if the expected value would be extremely high? I don't think this is because we ought to reject the idea of expected value. If evidence, often math-based, quantitative, tells us that we can expect to turn $2 into three, we should take that pretty seriously. The problem is that we can't rely on expected value alone to guide rational decision-making. Expected value considerations are just one aspect of rationality. They are far from the entire picture. We ought to include other factors, such as tolerance to risk and what many professional gamblers call risk of ruin. If my expected value on an an investment or gamble is a fast 50% return from a source guaranteed to pay, but my risk of ruin is well over 99%, then all things considered, I might not want to pursue that course of action. This isn't because expected value doesn't matter, nor does a factor like risk or risk of ruin change the expected value of a decision, but instead because there are often other things that matter which might tend to have us give less weight to expected value in our decision making. When you have the right quantitative data, such as you could have in a lottery case, then a strict mathematical approach is all you need to calculate expected value. But when you notice that a factor like, how should I assess risk plays a role, then it becomes apparent that rational decision-making is not a purely quantitative or mathematical affair. It is instead necessarily in no small part a subjective endeavor. Most people, like myself, wouldn't be comfortable with an investment or gamble with a risk of ruin over 99%. But some might. Neither side is right or wrong here in any rational sense because risk tolerance is a measure of subjective preference. The numbers can, in certain cases, tell you the expected value of a decision but they can never tell the whole story about calculations that must involve the subjective preferences of the person making the decision. A big takeaway here is that a person should be very leery of anyone who believes that rational decision making is merely a byproduct of expected value, or simply running the numbers. That just isn't the case, and such a person likely won't be first in line to put their idea into, pa- into practice by buying a large sum of Mega Millions tickets. Until next time on Egg Timer Philosophy, wishing you good philosophical vibes.